Hi, I'm Jeff Miller. I'm Anthony Navarro, and welcome to Talk Out Loud, where we share the LGBTQIA narrative one story at a time. On this episode of Talk Out Loud, we welcome Sam Ong. Sam shares his journey in self-acceptance and looking inward, facing everything after not wanting to be himself for most of his life. By looking inward, he was able to get past the distractions and discover his true essence. This discovery has also greatly helped him accept people with different points of view and create opportunities for conversation and understanding. One of his joys today is volunteering as a mentor helping at-risk LGBTQI youth in Los Angeles. Let's hear Sam's story. Sam, thank you so much for coming over this afternoon and being here with us and uh, taking some time to spend some time with us and then spend some time with some of the people that might be listening. I'm really excited you're here. Uh, I am too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thank you. And from the moment I met you, and just, I'm going to give you a little flattery here. Sorry, bear with me. You are someone who, like, from the minute, like, we met, I was, I hung on every word that you had to say. And, and there's just truth and wisdom, and you, you see things that help open my eyes to things. And you're just someone from the minute that we, I started envisioning doing this. I was like, oh, I want to share you with 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 so many people. Mm. Um, so thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. That's so sweet. Thanks for having me. I am... I, um... I'm excited to see what comes out. <laughs> no, no pressure. Sorry. No pressure. No pressure. No, awesome. Um, yeah, and so we've talked about a couple of things. Like, uh, you know, I think the kind of the common theme was like it, you've helped me with like acceptance in my life, um, understanding other people, and I'd love to just we just kind of talk about like your journey in life and getting to know like some of your history and who you are and, and what that's been like and just kind of dive in. Totally. Um, I'm trying to think like where to begin. I. Um, this political climate that we're in has, for me, been uh, a spiritual exercise, if you will. Huh. I'm saying this because I just had a conversation with someone yesterday where um, part of my practice has been to actually follow people that I, I wouldn't normally follow. Mm. Because when there was the election, um, when it happened, when it happened, <laughs> I was in total shock. Right, and what I've learned from that is that I'm conveniently placed in a, myself in a bubble around people that think exactly like me. So right. New York, LA, Chicago, San Francisco, and what I missed is I missed a lot, right? And what I missed is hearing some a different point of view. And uh, recently, my uh, ex-boyfriend's first ex-wife, see if you could follow, first ex-wife, not second, first ex-wife. Um, who I'm still in touch with and still very close with, had sent me an opposing view. Mm. And I I found myself clicking through, and I'm rarely on social, but I was clicking through and I was like so irate and I could feel it my boiling and my heart racing and, and I noticed it. And what I did was I followed them. Mm. Um, and at, as I would scroll during the whole Black Lives Matter and, and all that, I was more on social, just kind of seeing the messaging and what people were saying and all of these things. And what I've learned over time is that pause, right? And to just mm. kind of be there and see what's really coming up for me, right? I think the growth for me is that I don't have to change them or they don't have to do what Sam's doing, mm. which is part of my entire life, right? And I know when we spoke before, we spoke a lot about um, how I've been seeing life as this journey into acceptance. Acceptance of myself, acceptance of my parents, uh, acceptance of things that that 
are as they are. And for me, the growth has been um, the balance of it, mm. right? Because it's, I'm not, I'm no longer, I'm not this person that you could just step all over, but I'm not this person like ruling the world, like everything, the world according to Sam, right? And so I guess to go back, I mean, like what, what if I look at the blips, right? When I, when I talk to people, I'm like so fascinated when I get past all the distractions, sure. right? Like my fake eyelashes, which I put on for you guys today. <laughs> which look fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> With or without, you're still beautiful. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Um, and so when I get past the distractions, right? The labels and the, all the stuff that I think make me me or are, it's the marketing side of things, right? And I've been on that side for a long time. What, what I'm really truly moved by is the essence of people mm. and what's at the root of it all, right? And so... Um, for me, it's, you know, there, there is no good or bad. There's, there's just what is, right? And it's how I'm choosing to focus on it and look at it, right? I have a friend that talks about how a gratitude list is, is the same list as the grievance list, right? So depending upon how I'm choosing to look at it, right? And so if I look at my life as just like a linear line and see like where those blips of unhappiness or questioning or thing, there were, there were basically two main, three main pieces, right? One was in... Middle school, I was verbally um, bullied, you know, and so called mm. all the names possibly, um, you know, with, you know, just everything. And uh, I went to an all boys school with 35 boys. So it was very small Catholic. Yeah. And where was this at? This was in um, Summit, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. That's where you grew up? I grew up in Northern New Jersey, in West Orange. Yeah. And I went to Catholic, all boys Catholic school from seven to 12. Mm -hmm. And um, it was done in, in, fun, right? But at the end of the day, it was also this, um, you know, words, uh, sticks and stones, whatever, that whole thing. And, right. and the words really impacted me. Sure. Right? Um, and then there was another layer where I found out, you know, there, there was some infidelity in the family and that threw me over the edge. Right. And so that coupled with learning about the infidelity at a lunch table, you know, by one of my friends who had, it was just this whole like, please, this is not happening wow. right now. Uh, what ended up happening was I was actually contemplating suicide, mm. you know, and it was, you know, there was no social media. There were, were no other voices. It was just that, right? And I recently viewed this TED talk that Monica Lewinsky did, I want to say many years ago, which I never realized that she had, but she was the predecessor to cyberbullying because she came right before that. Oh, yeah, right? for and sure. And she's like, I'm a 20-something-year-old and what 20-something-year-old hasn't made mistakes? I'm like, I've made a zillion mistakes. And she's like, I just made it with the president, the most powerful man <laughs> in the free world, you know? <laughs> and I was like, God, you know, and I never saw her in that light. I was always, I saw her in that like kind of shut, slut-shaming mode mm -hmm. of like, oh my God, who is she? She's like, you know, all those names, those same bullying things, mm -hmm. right? And, um... Yeah. So, you know, basically I was, I found myself, um, I had an Eckhart Tolle moment is what mm. I call it. Right. He was, I think on his bathroom floor, I was on my, um, floor in my bedroom, uh, listening to like the cure disintegration <laughs> album or something <laughs> so depressing and like contemplating painting on my, on, on my walls black. Mm. Um, and I hated, uh, I grew up Catholic and I hated this, this thought of like God or higher power, this universe creating me as something I did not want to be, right? And mm -hmm. so my entire life has been about not wanting to be me, right? At least growing up. Sure. Right. Sure, and sure. So it was, we lived in a predominantly white neighborhood. 
you know, Filipino, Spanish, and Chinese. So my, and come from an immigrant family, my parents had accents. I didn't want them to have accents. I didn't, you know, like everything, it was like cringeworthy when they spoke for me, you know? And then my mother is my mother, you know, and um, she's a perfectionist and highly intellectual. And, you know, I wanted her to be different. You know, I didn't want her to be the person she was. And so those were like the two main things in call in high school. And then, you know, I um, had some tr- some trouble with with um, drugs and alcohol. You know, mm-hmm. it just like was this progressive thing. And and I ended up getting sober, um, you know, after 9-11. And um, I think that that was the beginning of this thing of like face everything type Mm. thing, right? Where it's like, there's no more distractions, right? Like what are the distractions first of all, Mm. right? And then kind of really getting down to my true essence and like, who is Sam, right? And what does it mean to be gay? And um, God, all of the above, yeah. Am I making sense? Is this (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. So before you got to that point, um, I guess it's like maybe post 9-11, right? So like that, that point, were you still, were you, like uncomfortable with yourself still? I mean, I'm like, I'm just trying yeah. to like guess. So like after like, like high school, like you were, that was maybe like, were you like in college or something? I went that? to college and I went to a small college in um, Pennsylvania. I think there were 1800 kids. It was 1% Asian. I was the 1%. <laughs> um, and I chose that, right? Yeah. And um, there wasn't a huge gay population, um, and so I wasn't, it's interesting. I wasn't about to butch this up, you know? And so the way I, I, I dealt with it was to just look better, you mm-hmm. know? And for me, that was labels and like designers, you yeah. know? And so, um, what's crazy is at 15, I had a shopper at Barney's New York and they would call me when Armani would all the new Armani collection. And my mother was not, she was a physician, but she was not wearing Armani or any of these labels. So it was like so insane. But I would go, I would pre-shop, I would, you know, pre-look at the collection and I would pull things, mm-hmm. I would try things on. And, and then I'd say, mom, like, you know, so Barney's called and they have this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, well, let's go look. And so we'd go look and then she'd like spend a chunk of change on me, you know? And yeah. she wasn't wearing Armani, but I was. And mm-hmm. it was just this, you know, it was how she expressed love, right? Like yeah. if I think about like the love languages, hers was like um, do things and buy things, sure. right? So it, gifts and service. And for you, it was how, you, this, at least for myself, I can identify, it's how you protected yourself. Yeah. And that was her It was love. my armor. Yeah, it was your armor. It was and, my uh, armor. And I was going to ask you, I was like, how, how, you know, you talked about the bullying and just like, I'll pause for a second on that. Like, I don't have children, um, nor did I grow up in the time like when, but at least when you and I were younger, we would go home and we would be away from it. And now kids, when they go home, it's still with them. It's still on their yeah. phone. Um, and, and I think that maybe that's why, I mean, I'm not, a, I don't study the statistics on this, but you see the, the numbers of children that, you know, are killing themselves at the age of 12, 10, 15, and I'm just like, what in the world? Um, and someone pointed out to me, they're like, it follows them when they go home. Yeah. And so for, for you, it seemed like maybe there was a connection that, that you learned that that was your, your armor and part of this process. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Did your mom know that that was part of your armor? No, my mother didn't even know I was gay. <laughs> so she was just doing this was and like we her talk way about of, it today. Yeah, but yeah, but this was like her way of just showing love. Her way of showing yeah. love, exactly. She huh. wasn't buying our money for my sister. My sister wasn't asking for our money. Mm. I was, mm. but and she was happy to provide, right? And so, um, 
Yeah, it became this thing of just, you know, when I talk about the distraction, that's what it was. It was a distraction where sure. what happened was it it became this hollow thing where everyone would notice things like, I love your Gucci loafers, or I love mm. your Prada fanny pack or whatever it was, du jour, the thing du jour, right? Yeah. And then there was never a true connection. Mm. There's um, there's a that book the Velvet Rage by Alan yes. Downs yeah and uh, you know he talks about that um, how as gay men I mean, I'm sure and also as I mean I think that it's not just gay men but I'm sure there's women I and mean, you can probably fill in the blank where we want to be liked but specifically with gay men we want to be liked and that's why that you see this like manicured aesthetic that you yeah. find in gay men a lot of times because it's not necessarily that I mean some of us are, you know there's an artistic thing but it's just, we just want to be loved. And yeah. we, we see that the marketing of what supposedly this, if you do this, X, Y, Z, you'll get this. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm grateful for the cleanliness leads to godliness aspect of my life. <laughs> like, but uh, but I do look, and, and I realize now, like, and I was getting dressed before you came over, I was thinking about this earlier today, like, I would buy so much, like, what, I mean, whether it was Abercrombie back in the day, like in yeah. the 90s, whatever it was, like, put that label on me. Yeah. And now, like, all I buy is, like, basically, like, either green, black, gray, yeah. plain T-shirts <laughs> for nine bucks at H&M. Yes. And, yes. and, that's, and that's, that's just, like, I'm very much, you know, um, because I'm not looking, you know, uh, we all find things that fit us well, obviously, but, you know, it's, it, it, I am at peace now. Yeah. What a gift that is. Yeah. Um, it's the curated life, right? Yeah. It's, like, it's a distraction. And, like, even now during COVID is... I've realized that I, there still are additional distractions that I don't necessarily see. I didn't see them as distractions till now, mm -hmm. right? And so, at the root of that, which is totally what you're you're saying, Jeff, is this: look at me, accept me, love me, right? Yeah. Yeah. But underneath it, for me, it was because I don't love myself, yeah. mm. and I don't accept myself, mm -hmm. yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So, what led you to? I, I think we should just talk about what led you to start finding that acceptance? So I think there's been definitely a lot of different modalities. You know, if I think about physical, mental, and spiritual, I've done a zillion things on the physical, you know, whether it's going to Esalen or doing this cleanse with whatever Gabriel Cousins and going to Hawaii to do this other retreat. You know, it's, I've done a zillion and one. It's like, I've been the seeker, you know, whether even if it's just going to We Care, you know, mm -hmm. I've been seeking through, you know, food and, um, things, you know, to, I think for me, the motivation was really aesthetic, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Becoming raw vegan when I was in New York, at, you know, when it was really um, kind of not really, veganism wasn't really a thing then, you know? And so that was kind of part of it. And I think it's just like each step, there's been more of an awakening and more of a kind of looking inward, mm. you know? And I think for me, the journey, any great spiritual path or any great spiritual teacher ultimately should, and I'm shoulding, uh, bring me back inward to myself, mm. right? Yeah. And so like part of my practice lately has been about uh, the head, the heart, and the gut, hmm. right? And so like I think, when I used to meditate with these monks, they used to say like, yeah, you Westerners, you overdevelop your head, but what you really should be doing when you're sitting, you know, in Zazen is focusing on your belly because they believe it's, which they call the hara, right? Which is, they they say that there's more nerve centers or nerve endings um, and it's a bigger communication mm -hmm. base than mm -hmm. our, our heads. But as mm -hmm. Westerners, 
They say that we are overdeveloped in our heads and our heads are constantly wanting stimulation and thinking and thoughts and blah, blah, blah. But it's really the belly barometer or like the gut check or the gut feeling, Mm. right? Which is ultimately, I mean, how many, I don't know about you guys, but how many times I've said, oh, I knew I shouldn't have done that or whatever. And I've just talked myself into crazy town. You get that check. Yes. I mean, it is your gut check. That's what we call it. But you're using your head to make the decision instead. Right. And normally- when you use your head to make a decision, it's not always no, no. The, yeah. the smartest one. <laughs> yeah. And as a side note, um, there's some really interesting studies that have been done on digestion mm. and what mm. takes place with digestion and also with the way the brain works. Yeah. Uh, they found with the dopamine and some things that produce it that's actually more of it actually takes place in the stomach than necessarily the brain. When some, mm. um, and uh, when I started doing some work on myself with, with who I am and, um, a lot of my exchange, so my exchanges with gay men would be like, like you know, on the down low, like hookups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It would be like, you'd come and meet somebody and then you'd go away. And, and and as of my journey with self-acceptance, as I started going into places where it was with with groups of gay men working on yourselves together mm-hmm. as a community, uh, I remember uh, having this intimate experience with someone like talking about like love, emotions and, and helping each other in, in a spiritual way. And, and, I, and I got nervous for a second because I felt this feeling and like, not to be crude, but I was like, is this coming from like down there? Mm. Or, and I was like, no, no, it's just above there. Mm. It's this feeling I'm feeling of, of, of love. It's, it's kind of like, you know, wait, am I thirsty or am I hungry? Like just going through this and, and like, oh, okay, this is coming from there. And, and uh, I know I also want to get that butterfly in the feeling that butterflies in my stomach. Mm. Um, I've learned that on the other side of that is something beautiful. Yeah. Um, sweaty palms, but you know, and so there's definitely something happening there. Yeah, totally. Mm. And I totally identify with the, the DL thing, right? So I guess it's like when I, when I look at life, you know, I'm not that old, I'm old, I'm maturing. But when I look at life, I think it's like all of these things that happen ultimately that I thought were so bad ultimately are the things that make me who I am today, mm. right? And help me be that better person, right? And so part of part of my journey has led me to the um, LA LGBT Center mm. and working with the youth there. And so I've been part of their mentor program. It's called LifeWorks. It's amazing. And so the past two years, I've had one mentee each year, and it's really been such a gift to have somebody that's, you know, questioning or you know, in the community and not necessarily still in 2020, not having the, the family support or understanding. And, and to me, to, for me to be able to be there for them and, and share my experience. And it's the mirror ultimately for me, you yeah. know, I see how it's this yearning to be accepted and loved. Yeah. And ultimately the work is, you know, the spoiler alert is that's the work that I need to do. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What was, so, talking about coming out or or feeling you know good about yourself was there like there was there a, a pivotal moment was there an instance that happened was there like one thing that sort of like shifted how you felt about yourself or was it a progressive process so there was an official coming out situation i mean i'm i was never <laughs> one, like all my boyfriends have been like oh he's gay you know that type you know like he's like you know, looks very whatever masculine and and uh, uh, not quote unquote. You know, whatever the uh, effeminate gay. You know, whatever. And so I have never been like DL. You know, it's always been sure. this thing. And and there was a coming out moment in college. 
I was half wasted and drove home from Pennsylvania to New Jersey to alert my parents that I was gay, Mm -hmm. Um, which I thought they would know. And they were like, really? Are you sure? (laughs) It wasn't a a flat out rejection, but it was just kind of like, yeah, are we in the same house? Like, where have you been? (laughs) Yeah, they just, they were in their own worlds, you know, and it was one of the, same with the bullying. I never shared with them the bullying and, Mm -hmm. you know, part of me wanted someone to to save me, but I also wasn't talking about it, Mm. you know? So that that was a moment, right? And then um, I guess for me, like, there wasn't one, it's been over a period of time Mm. where it's like coming to learn and love and accept myself. Yeah. You know, and there's sorry, there's I think there's I didn't realize uh, how much energy is spent when we're not authentic, whether it's yeah. coming out or anything else that we're keeping to ourselves. Yeah. Especially if there's fear behind it um, and having to compartmentalize and, you know, it just it, it's it eats up space in the soul that then prevents other things from entering that yeah. could be there. Because yeah, all you're focused on is yeah. whatever the untruth is or the lie yeah. that you're telling yourself. Yeah. And it was very surface, right? So when yes. I was there, it was like everything was surface. Like, oh my god, I love this, and it was, and it was never about uh, thoughts, feelings, or fears, or any of those things, mm. you know. Um, and now I try to go deeper, you know. Yeah. And like, it's nice to nice to like nice things and have nice things, but at the same time, it's like that those things no longer define me and have the power over me. Right? Mm. Yeah. And there's a difference between that. that yeah. What, exactly. What you said, like, you know, I. The, the, I'll spend money on a pair of like uh, like designer jeans a couple times like a couple times a year because my height it's hard to find it's just one of the things I've accepted that like I can't just go to you know the store and find the the, the length and the waist size that I need which is a luxury problem but um, the point being is is that when I buy that it's just to check off the list before I was going there looking for that shiny object yeah. to fill to fix that thing that was inside of me yeah and, and it can happen like you know you 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 get that car that you've always wanted since you were a kid. But if it's just that, and it's not looking to do, to, if, there's, if I'm not, if you know, if I, if I am ignoring the check engine light, that's my soul mm-hmm. that, or my spirit that needs some work done, um, then that's that's going to then be like after I get that, then immediately I'm looking for something else. Yeah, I guess though, like hearing, you know, where you were when you were like say in high school, it was almost like those things were maybe necessary to get you through that process. So, do you feel like any of the the kids that maybe you're working with today, do you see some of those similar traits, like them using like, you know, this is my Gucci bag or this, is, uh, you know, whatever yeah. this is my Supreme, my Supreme t-shirts or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like just to kind of make their way through to help with that acceptance. Is that still happening today? Yeah. I think to a certain extent, my experience with some of the youth has been more internalized actually for them where internalized in the sense of, everything becomes a blame game for them, Mm. right? My parents aren't doing this, so that's why, you know, and it becomes this whole outward projection. Uh And, you know, the journey's inward, really, right? right? And so it's like the self-acceptance and the self-love, you know? Um, And that's just like a process in itself. Can I ask you, um, what are the tools, like whether it's music, art, uh, like what, what are the tools today that help you with that? So um, it's interesting because COVID has brought up a lot of, you know, things for me. Um, 
what what I, I used to do be so diligent with with a practice. I used to do TM twice a day, and then I stopped that. And I was doing vipassana and you know that med- meditative thing. When I was living in New York, I was doing Bikram six to seven times a week. Mm. So, so, so just for those who are not familiar, TM transcendental meditation, trans- right? Yep. Trans- so it's twenty minutes meditation, um, sitting or laying as long as the head's above the heart. Uh, 20 minutes twice a day. Okay. And then Bikram is a form of yoga? Bikram is a form of yoga in a heated room uh, for um, 90 minutes, 26 postures. 26. Yeah. Get it. Jeez. Sweat it out. Yeah. Um, so now it's, you know, it's interesting, I guess, as I grow into my being, it's it's a lot more um, relaxed and more free-flowing. Mm. Um, and what it looks like today is I'll maybe hit one of two 20-minute, you know, sitting meditations with transcendental meditation. And then I've been doing this. I have a lot of, like, wise people in my life. So I have, like, this mentor who used to be um, at Google and this couple who's, like, my spiritual, they're, like, um, my spiritual unicorns, I guess, is what I would call them. <laughs> they're just, like, incredible, you know? Like, they're, like, I met them and... They're the reason why I'm living in LA, but they, they, I met them and I was like, you, they are legit a couple that I would love to emulate their relationship, right? And there hasn't been that modeling for me, really. Having, working on the relationship with yourself, how has that impacted the relationship you have with others? So it's interesting, like, you know, I, my experience is I can only go so far, right? And mm-hmm. th- until I have the other is then that's when the, almost the work starts, Mm-hmm. Right. So the way that looks is, well, I come from the school of the way I do one thing is the way I do everything. Right. So if I'm closing my heart over here at work, I can't open it, you know, strategically in places. It's still going to be slightly closed. Right. So I had a lot of trust and jealousy issues. Um, and that's kind of worked itself out, you know, because a lot of that was being my view of myself was based on what you thought of me. Right. Or what you said about me, or what you know, how many emote like in today's world is like how many emojis did they text? The wrong emoji, like all of that did kind they of like my post right? on Instagram. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Did they like it? Did they then comment? Like all right. of this kind of outward kind of thing. And so um I actually got into a relationship with a mailman. I'm a sucker for a uniform. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, kind of convenient, oh right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> His name was Keith. If you're listening, hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Keith. <laughs> I really, it was, I was, yeah, I was newly off, you know, drink and drug and it was the worst thing possible, but it was like also a good thing, you know, hmm. he had, ju- he had quit smoking cigarettes. And so I was like, I'm going to quit smoking cigarettes. And I've since not had a cigarette. So, hmm. um, but you know, he started talking friendly with this other guy and I had, of course, projected all my trust and jealousy issues onto this relationship and they were just relating to one another. There was nothing there, right? And he couldn't assure me as many times or, or text or call or whatever and say nothing's happening, you know, because that was all my stuff that mm. I needed to get through. That was my healing. And it was only in that relationship. It ended badly, but that I could actually then learn and grow, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes things just keep cycling and cycling and cycling, right? Because it's like water finds its own level. right? And until that I learn the lesson that I, you know, it's like I have this thing like hashtag next level, like I'm, I'm in a video game, you know? And it's right. like, I learn the lessons I learn and then can progress. Right, that's so important. I feel like, especially when it comes to dating, you know, you hear people like, 
I don't know, we've all had that friend who sort of gets into that same relationship multiple yeah. times. And I think, itself, yeah. what's that? It just like reinvents itself. Right, it's just, it's just a diff- same relationship, different person. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. until they learn whatever they were supposed to learn or grow or change, yeah. then you're able to you know do that. I know, I mean, I've been guilty of being in that cycle. Yeah. Um, I remember for myself, um, you know, being newly single out of that relationship that was not functional. And then right away, like not right away, but seeing somebody, you know, new and knowing at that point, I remember like mm-hmm. after the this relationship, I said to myself, I was like, I do not want what this was. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm looking for. And as soon as I, you know, stepped into, you know, talking with someone new, if they checked any of the boxes from the old relationship, I was like, that's it. Sorry, it's not going to mm. work. I can't change you. I This is not what I want. Mm. So it's a, I think it's a, a an important lesson, especially with relationships. Because I mean, I feel like we just, everybody, so many people just want the yeah. relationship. They want the love. They want yeah. the, all of those sort of outer things that go with relationships, yeah. not really focusing on the inner side of you it. You talked about, yeah. And thanks for talking about that. The, the Sam, the jealousy that you referred to earlier, um, and that fear, like that over desire to protect that that person, mm. that relationship. Um, that I know sometimes, like when I've been that young younger years of my life, where it's like I just chased that person away. Yeah, I, I, I perpetuated that, that 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 event that I was afraid of the most. I was a driving yes. cause in it. Um, and I'm just speaking from from my experience of that. And the thing is, is because at least what I've learned today is, is that back to we were talking about this journey of self acceptance and this this love. Um, it's, it's, it's more of an inward thing instead of an outward thing. If anything, you pushing it out, pushing it outward is really the, the best emotion I can have. I found mm-hmm. when I'm you know pure bliss. But if if it's coming from somebody else, whether it's that car or those jeans, or a person mm-hmm. or you know a parent, anything that can be taken away from me, there's a and if I'm in that, if I'm looking for it to fill that, I will hold on to that like a drowning cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody wants somebody to be clawing them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> when I'm saying I love you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So which thanks, is, thanks for speaking to that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, which is interesting because that's, um, I think what's happened over time for me is a redefining of terms, right? Mm-hmm. And so love for me meant lust. Mm-hmm. It meant conditions. Sure. Only when X, Y, and Z then you will, whatever that looks like, right? And so over time, like I've I've managed to redefine things, mm-hmm. right? So fun for me at 20 was different than fun for me now, oh, yeah. you right. know? And um, it tends to be more low key, you know, not a lot of whatever. You know, for, as far as love is, it's, it's more of this just like beingness. And it's actually, I, I equate love as acceptance. So mm. like when I say I love you, it's I accept you. So when I say that to my mother, it's I accept you exactly as you are and mm. not if you read X, Y, and Z books so we could then talk and wow. you could yeah. be or say the same things I would, you know? So powerful. That's very powerful. Long time ago, I had a friend of mine say, um, just talking about the world, the state of the world. And this was maybe like 10 years ago. And she said um, that one day, she said that when one day when every parent can hold their newborn child and they can look at that baby and say and feel from their heart Mm -hmm. saying that I love you no matter what. Mm -hmm. I accept you no matter what. Mm -hmm. She said, 
that's what would change the world mm. and create world peace. Yeah. Because as soon as you have every, if you can accept your kin, your kids, your family for who they are, that love then just sort of transcends. And then that's how you start looking mm. at other people. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. It's so thing. funny because, you know, I, as you were saying that, you know how there's like the showbiz mother that never made it yeah. and they project <laughs> all their stuff onto the, you're right, that's exactly it, yeah. right? Like, because it, it starts with within, right? Yeah. And so it's like, if I'm not accepting of myself, I'm not accepting of other people, but it goes both ways because I could practice acceptance with people and then turn that inward and vice versa. For sure. Know? So if somebody is listening and maybe wanting to work on some acceptance of their self or changing, you know, these terms to help with the acceptance, do you have any guidelines or tips on how they, how you've done it that's been successful? There's multiple ways. I mean, so right now what's coming to me, there are two things. One is I used to do this um, breath work Hmm. where you, it's holotropic breathing. It's a three-part breath. And what I like about it is that it's on a cellular level. Mm. And so, you know, there's everyone's got trauma, right? It's just what is the level of it? How has the body received it or hold, hold onto it? Um, I heard somewhere that uh, emotions, emotion is energy in motion. Mm-hmm. And what's happened is it's locked in somewhere because I've either pushed it down or I've hit it away or I've whatever that is, right? Repressed it, right? Sure. So I think for me, the um, this breathwork exercise is really, you know, I find myself crying. Um, I think Wim Hof could be considered part of that, you know, the Iceman guy could be part of that kind of breathing thing where it's a lot of the time I'm not breathing deeply, mm. right? And then, you know, mantras I find really useful. Mm. The one is um, I love and accept myself exactly the way I am. Mm. And then the other thing is to just the stillness and being yeah. in oneself. When you're list or when you uh going back to mantras, yeah. so is is it like a, a ritual? Do you say that? Do you say something like in the morning, or do you say that maybe when you're feeling anxious or unsure, or is there some uh, a way that you practice using that? It's so it just varies, right? Mm-hmm. Like usually in the moment, if I then shift over to whatever animalistic, primal, you know, fight, flight, whatever, it's mm-hmm. like I definitely don't remember it. Sure. Um what happens for me is when I'm having conversations like these, this or with people is that's when I remember like, oh yeah, that's like a tool mm. that I could utilize <laughs> yeah. and like, let me practice utilizing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, that's yeah. great. I, uh, I, the, the, the mantra thing, I, I love that you said that, that word because it's one of my, my things that I remind myself is that um, I had a friend who has been like a, a mentor in my life and, uh, and he said, Jeff, he said, you've always had mantras. Mm-hmm. It's just they haven't been necessarily good ones. Yeah. Like, what is it you're telling yourself? Yeah. Like, what is it? And I was just like, oh man, I'm like, he's right. Like, he's so right. And um, I was down uh, at this, it was LGBT uh, event um, for really like working on yourself down in, in Florida a few years ago. And one of the breakout sessions uh, was, uh, I was really was kind of dipping my feet in the pool of uh, meditation, really trying to understand and better, you know, dive into that. And um they they used uh, an insight I think it was from insight and it's just this woman and I'm, I I feel bad I don't remember her name but um, you can Google it and it's the, the mantra was I love you I'm listening mm. and it just repeated that self and she talks about cocooning yourself and you know it sounds like a little like you know the weird voice and 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 I just I, and I I've done it on my own since then like back in Chicago when we when I got back home from that I just sat one night like in the dark study and and I just you know and it, but the thing is is that I love you I listen and so I repeat that mantra. 
the back to you were talking about earlier, whether the head, the heart, the gut, it allows me to access, it's a portal to like, I don't even know, it's, it's new territory, let me just be honest, where some people call it the divine. Mm. And that fact that I love you, I'm listening to, to, to with that voice is and being able to go there and, and to, to meet that, that, that space. That, that's a space that I was trying to fill with, with all the shiny objects, you know, mm-hmm. where I wasn't, I wasn't going down. I wasn't. You said deeper earlier, yeah. like diving deeper into that place. Um, so I, I would, I would encourage anyone to realize, you know, like some of the suggestions you've made. That and you know what it is is like, you know, it's very personal. You find stuff that works yeah. for you for a while that maybe is like really. And in my experience, we did breath work actually right before, um, yeah, COVID before started. COVID, mm. down the street over at Unplug, um, mm. and and I didn't know what breath work was. You know, what yeah. to expect. And people were people were laughing, people were crying. Yep. Yeah, and um, that. You know, yep. and, and I was just like, wow, would definitely recommend that to anyone who hasn't tried it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen Big Little Lies. I, I should have. Okay. So the second season, Gwyneth, or not Gwyneth, um, uh, Meryl Streep's in it. And there's this incredible scream that she does. I send it, I send out the YouTube link to all my friends. And whenever I'm driving up the PCH, I always just like scream because it's just like this energy removal. Yeah. Kind of, there's mm-hmm. a lot of energy that just needs to be moved. Yes. Yep. Um, and then I love how you talk about mantra because what I call it, I call that negative side of it is is my theme song, yeah. right? And we all have we all have a theme song. We sure do. And my, it's usually I'm not good enough. Mine is they won't like me, mm-hmm. right? And so everything, whether I'm conscious or not, is how can I get them to like me, mm. right? And so even still to this day, however evolved or whatever, it's like <laughs> no, it's there's still that piece in there, which works, right? It works when I'm in a, in a work situation or sometimes, yeah. right? But then I take it to an nth degree where it doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. And that type of thinking, you know, where I become this chameleon doesn't necessarily work in an intimate relationship when someone really wants to get the, mm. to know the real me. So that, yeah, it's the theme song. That's such a, it's funny. The, so uh, you ever listen to Florence and the Machine at all? Yeah. I love Florence Welch. Um, <laughs> I, I went and saw her in Santa Barbara last year. Anthony was 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 gone for something. We were back in Chicago, and I was like, "Florence is going to be in Santa." It was either Vegas or Santa Barbara, and I was like, "The idea." You said PC, it was the first time I got to drive up PCH, and I drove mm-hmm. up PCH, and and I will I will sometimes like during like the week, like on Wednesday, like have a little time for myself and just get in the car and drive up a PCH, and I will just belt you know whatever music it is. Sometimes just scream and just get that out. Like mm-hmm. the music turns up as loud as possible. She has this lyric in one of her songs called "Grace," where she said. I treated you the worst because you loved me the most. Mm. And I'm just like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, because the people that loved me the most, I mean, when Anthony and I dated when we were 25 and the reason that relationship got put on hold for 10 years because he loved me the most. Mm. And, I, and I and I couldn't deal with that. Yeah, Like get away, like, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, you and came so back. Back to though. what you're saying about these relationships. <laughs> you came back. Thank goodness. Couldn't stay away. <laughs> you were patient, thank God. But. Um, no, uh, but yeah, no. So I mean, but but back to like, you know relationships and when we're around other people, I, I really appreciate what you've talked about today about that um, and, and how how it affects you today. And um, and I think like if you know questioning whatever, like I think the thing for me is the acceptance part of it is to just not to get out of the head and trying to define what bucket I fall in. Right mm-hmm. when I started working with the LA LGBT Center, I was presented with this thing that they call the queer shenary, mm. and it had all of the different terms and buckets or glasses or whatever you want to call them of how people define themselves. And for me, when growing up, it was straight, gay, straight or gay, right? right? Or I would say I'm dating a bi guy, 
And people, my gay friends would say he's not bi, he's right. just not out, right? And so now there's all these other buckets, there's fluidity and all of these things. And for me, you know, it's no longer about the pronoun or any of those mm-hmm. things. And if you need to have that or you want that, great, I acknowledge it. Right. But at the same time, I almost think it's like a distraction. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're in yeah. that bucket. Oh, right. they're in that, yeah. you know, it's like, right. oh, they're in that, that bucket yeah. today, yeah. Yeah. you know? There's, so um, there's a, a, a show on Showtime, um, uh, work in progress. Okay. And there's a scene, uh, it, it's a, a show about all just uh, queer people. Yeah. So uh, people that fit all of the buckets. Yeah. And there's one scene where they're all at a brunch and this, the camera just sort of pans across all of the people that are in the room. And there's, you know, a gay couple, there's mm. a lesbian couple, there's a lesbian who's dating a trans man, there's someone who identifies as queer, you know, and you're just looking at all of these people. And in that scene, I think the beauty of it is, is that you're just seeing people Mm. as people. They're all smiling. Everyone is just together and in community. And I just, I feel like every time I think of that scene or I I look at that, I, I, I think that that depiction is what we're trying to Mm. get to, to get rid of all of these labels and all of this. And it's, it really just boils down to just being who you are and being and accepting who you are and not really caring what the rest of the world thinks. Yes, totally. The last thing I will say, and it just came up and I'm, again, I'm getting, finding myself getting a little verklempt is, is to find that person um, that I could, I'm reading this book called Showing Up. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's a great, and it's a great book. It's, it's taking me a little bit to get through because I'm distracted with all these other things. I just started Andre Leon Talley's book too. Anyway, I, I digress. <laughs> so, um, but is to have that one person to practice and model that could just show up, right? Mm. That's in full acceptance and is not, because I grew up in a place of this is how you need to be or it was insinuated and sometimes it was, you know, direct, but it was kind of like, do it this way. Yeah. And right? some of these things were set up, we, we passed on to, to protect the yeah. people we loved and cared, yeah. but we have to kind of beat ourselves out of that box. Yeah, totally. It was also a different way, you know, is like different, like our parents grew up differently than yeah. the world is today and the way that they taught us mm-hmm. fit that sort of old model, which just doesn't work at yeah. all to, you know, go to school, get a job, get married, like it just hitting those milestones. It just doesn't work all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So my thing is just find somebody, whoever that is, that one, one or whatever could be a crew of people. I tend to be more one-on-one where I'm really able to share everything mm-hmm. and to not be judged or, you know, have their crap projected onto me and be this whole like, and to, I, I think at first it was modeled in therapy where I was able to create that cocoon in the mm-hmm. womb in order to, to share things. Mm-hmm. But as I grow more into myself is to have that thing and to be able to practice and hold space for someone else. Mm. It's so Mm. powerful and it doesn't necessarily need to be this shared exact experience, but it's the essence of it, Mm. right? The vulnerability. It's interesting because when I started this kind of journey for myself and acceptance, it was a lot of, uh, it was usually with the gallery gay men. And now the the, the one one who's kind of like the person I, I, I check in with every week, we, we, you know, we help each other and um, he's younger than me, which I, I thought I, when I envisioned what this person would look like, I mm-hmm. thought they would be older than me. I thought they would be gay. Um, I was looking for, you know, I had these boxes that I thought yeah. it was good. But then when I heard this person talk and I was like, okay, you're speaking to what I need now. Mm-hmm. And um, 
And what I find is, is that we can be honest with ourselves and that person can see when I am creating these patterns again. Mm. And there's something about like when you talk to somebody, whether it's weekly or, you know, and especially in the beginning when they're getting to know you, if you're deciding to both mutually, you know, give a little bit more of yourself, mm. then one person gives more. And, and I've learned also just to pause on this is that like, I just don't give everybody all of me in the beginning because yeah. they, I need to get to, because I used to do that. Like yeah. after I like accepted myself, I was like, oh, I'm still, da, da, da. <laughs> we're best friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I realized I was like, no, that's not that you don't just like swing the barn door open and like, you know, yeah. because, because that's just not the way it works. It's kind of a dance and you get to know each other. But um, that if, if it's, if it's a regular thing with this relationship, then you get to see, oh wait, we talked about this last week. Remember when we did this? And it's just mm. like, oh yeah, like this is the same thing. And, um, and holding space for one another, like yep. you said earlier for that, that's a, that's where, and then also helping other people like with LGBT Center here in yeah. LA. Um, those are the things where I'm emotionally able to kind of like be in the, the control tower, like at LAX looking down upon things where when I'm not like in the thick of it. And that's where like where change for myself has been catapulted in a less uh, hurtful way. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the power of, of we um, in life and these things uh, and relationships and how important they are can be uh, such a powerful thing. Yeah. So if you were to give um, any words of advice or mm -hmm. any uh, thoughts on how, if someone wanted to start on a journey of acceptance of their own self, mm. what what would be the first step? God, it's so personalized, I guess. Um, I mean, I think it goes back to just starting where you are and mm. really challenging. Like for me, like, so something's that, that's been coming up for me, like in the beginning of COVID, I met a guy on um, the screen. <laughs> <laughs> and you know my what my journey has been is like sex has been on one side and intimacy has been on the other side right and so i was presented that like in the beginning of covid right and uh, i was grateful that they weren't on this coast because it it would it would have just been a, a whatever it would just been to all sex and no intimacy right and for me the intimacy side is about being curious and vulnerable mm. right and so i got to practice doing that so for me it's really about just starting where I am and seeing what is that that next challenge, right? Mm. So like it even can can surface for me at work where it's like they made a billing snafu and I was like, mm, don't want to tell this or don't want, you know, and that's for me the practice mm. of just like being fully transparent, being fully, you know, how, and like a lot of it for me is learning how to language it. Like, hey, I'm really afraid to share this with you. <laughs> there was a snafu. Uh -huh. This is what it looks like. And then letting go and just seeing what comes back, yeah. right? Because normally I go into things trying to dress things and look, you know, curate yeah, the perfect sure. experience, right? Yeah. It works in, in events, work it sure. works in work, yeah. but it doesn't work when relating to another people, another person, no. right? Yeah. So it's to just kind of be totally upfront and just lay things out yeah. and then yeah. see what comes back. That's like that keyword authenticity. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, vulnerability or authenticity. Yeah. Whichever you choose, you know, yeah. a little bit of that, a little bit of this. Um, well, I feel like work gives you the, the it's almost like the perfect playground yeah. to really like tell it like it is. Yeah. Like you, because you almost have to be like a straight shot now at work because there's no way to, get around anything. Everything is in writing. Everything is in email, <laughs> yeah. text messages. You know, it's, there's a paper trail. Yeah. So in order to, you know, do that, I find myself when I've, you know, worked in the event world, it's like, you do want to create this sort of like magical experience and not show any of the, um, the bad stuff and yeah. making the client happy and, you know, all of those things. And it's like, 
sometimes you just can't make them happy. And what I what I found is that when you just go and approach them and you tell you like, this is, this, I, I understand this is what you want, but here's the situation. Mm. Maybe we can go with X, Y, or Z as yeah. other possible solutions, but this is just where it's at. And I feel like nine times out of 10, as long as you're dealing with the right people, which yeah. I feel like that's a whole nother conversation, I feel like they will accept where we're at and work together to figure out how we're going to solve this problem or yeah. move forward. Yeah. So it, it's interesting. I had a boss that always used to say, Sam, it is what it is. Right. Move on. Yeah. You know, because I'd be like, all in all the minutiae of everything, yeah. they're like, it is what it is, just let go. Right. You know? Well, and then all that time and energy that yeah. you're spending, like beating yourself up, telling yourself you screwed up, it's all your fault, and then you're not, you're, you're not in any sort of solution base. Yeah. You're not, yeah, you know, the game's moved on and you're still, you know, <laughs> right. You're still, play. you're That's still it. stuck yeah. on, yeah. you know, Tuesday totally. and it's Friday. Totally. So. so I think the one, the one thing back to your, your question is, is to, to start where you are, obviously, because where else are you going to start, but is to find something that pushes the envelope. So for me, that's doing something different that I wouldn't necessarily want to do. Um, A lot of people that I talk to, it's, you know, there's that Seinfeld episode of The Opposites where George does everything opposite. He gets the hot girl, he ends up working for the Yankees. Mm -hmm. He like, he just, you know, and that's the extreme of it. But, you know, there's little different actions in, in the everyday I think back to my friend Alan when you know he quit smoking. He would you know wallet keys, right, and then lighter and thing. And so he would change up his thing in order so that he wouldn't reach for the same way. He'd go mm. to a different a different route home so he wouldn't pass by the gas station where he pick up his cigarettes. Like it's 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 really those little tiny things mm. that become the larger things down the road, mm. which goes you know the. We're, then we were creating a different world. The world that I live in now is a different world than when I lived in 15 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because I'm older, but because of the patterns and, and yep. that have changed. Uh, I I, uh, I remember when I first really started accepting myself and one of my friends told me, I told a story, um, is that he said, uh, Jeff, he goes, I think, I think you're ready to hear this. And I was like, <laughs> and, I tr- and I trusted this guy at this point. I mean, I, I still, you know, I was like, he's like, you kind of walk around um, with resting bitch face. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and as soon as he said that, like, I, I flashed back to my third grade picture and then my fourth grade, I remember thinking like, at Stewart Elementary School in Michigan, I was always with the, like, kind of the lips were just kind of like, tight-lipped, just like, you know, don't talk to me lips, mm. like, don't. And um, and then like that Monday when I went back like out into the world, because we would, like, it was Sunday afternoon and um, I had to walk my dog before before work that morning and, and I would do the same route like around the neighborhood every week, like a circle. And you see the same people that are out walking their dog every morning at 7.30, trying, you know, with the hustle and bustle, quick, get the dog walk done. And I, I was like, all right, like, I kind of felt like I got like, like I was Harry Potter and I got a new broom. Mm. And I got out there and, um, and I was like taking it for a test drive. And I just kind of like the first person came up to me is, you know, going in the opposite direction. And I kind of like, kind of like, you know, like give them a half-assed smile. And they kind of mm. like looked at me kind of like, was <laughs> wrong? And then like the next person, I, I smiled, completely smiled at the next mm. person. And they smiled back. And then, and I was just like, oh, wow, like, look how this works. And then, like, the next person, and then, and then, then I was like, I maybe I'm going to add a wave in at the next one, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that walk was completely different than it had been on Friday, mm. you know? And it was because I was no longer the resting bitch face guy walking yeah. around. And, 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 and I just have to remember, like, when, when there's something, like, so my, what I'm putting out is creating the universe that I'm bouncing back into. Yeah, um, totally. Uh, so... That's, uh, it's amazing that, especially if at a younger age, you know, I was like, my probably was like, I was like 32 when that happened for me, but um, 
I love the fact that somebody who's younger, a youth that's maybe still 12, 15, it doesn't matter that, that they can learn the lessons from, from you that we can pass on to other people um, so that maybe that there's more joy at an earlier age in their life. Yeah, so thank totally. you for what you do. That's yeah, amazing. Thank you for having me. It's funny you mentioned the smile thing because that I used to challenge myself to and play a game of how many people pre-COVID with the masks yeah. but see how many people I can make smile. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. And so that that could be another tool is to just see what is the game that I'm playing. Yeah. Right. Resting bitch face yeah, or yeah. smiley, yeah. happy, joyous, whatever. Right. And so that's, yeah, it's to kind of see what what is what is my pattern? What is the game that I'm yeah. ultimately playing? Yeah. People become reactive in those situations where maybe they're not smiling or you're in your car and you're pulling into a parking lot and somebody else takes the parking space that you're waiting for and you negatively react. I think it just all goes back to if you're having resting bitch face and you're walking around, like it just goes back to what's going on inside. What is wrong internally? What happened in your day? Is it something that happened in your work day? Is it something that happened, you know, in your personal life? Where is that coming from? And just knowing it's like in those moments, being able to take that pause, that deep breath and just changing your reaction or mm. the way that you're going to react to something that maybe is not what you want to have happen to you could totally change your mm. walk, your experience, yeah, your getting totally. your coffee, whatever it might be. Can we talk about gratitude for a minute? Yes. <laughs> Yay. All right. <laughs> gratitude, the practice of gratitude or gratitude, the cafe gratitude? It's Sam's choice. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's both. Okay. <laughs> I'll start with cafe gratitude. Cafe gratitude is the reason why I'm in... Um, Los Angeles, because I'd met the owners, Matthew and Tercy, um, who are at Vila Farm in Vacaville uh, in Hawaii. Um, I've been in LA seven years, so I met them eight years ago. Uh, and they have I've served as, God, I just get emotional because there's, there's, they hold such a special place in my heart. Mm. Um, yeah, talk about like acceptance and stuff. I mean, they... Uh, I adore them. Um, but I moved here because they had created a game, mm. uh, which was called uh, A Bounding River. It's still around. You can buy it on Amazon for like $3,000. No, <laughs> I think it's like 200 No, it's 100 probably. It's based on um, Candyland. But within the game, there's like the land of abundance and there's land of gratitude and there's mm. a land of love. And, you know, all of these different things talking about the theme song and, um, you know, we create our world, right? So if I continue with, I'm not good enough, they won't like me versus I love myself, I love and accept myself exactly the way I am. So that's, the game is all about creating these experiences with other people mm. in highlighting what's amazing because whatever I focus on will grow, right? So um, they had this opportunity, you know, set of circumstances, whatever. They came into a bunch of, a huge chunk of change um, from, I think, an inheritance and then selling a huge business in fashion. And they ended up on this organic farm in Maui, which mm. they still have. And they ended up, becoming raw vegan. Mm. And they're like, we want to share this with our friends. How do we do this? And, you know, they they don't know anything about the restaurant industry, but they thought, let's just um, start a cafe mm. and share recipes about and share raw veganism with them since this is what we're into. So it's always been a reflection of themselves. And the menu is purposely um, titled with affirmations. 
So the belief is everything I say, similar to what you were saying, is um, an affirmation, mm. right? So, and I ended up moving out here to work there. Oh, wow. Because I wanted to bring it to New York City. And then I met a man and, you know, whatever. I, I got the memo that's like LA's like Groundhog's Day with the weather. So why not? I've <laughs> 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 never hurt anyone, you no. know? <laughs> um, so, you know, and what's great about them is, you know, as far as gratitude and the practice, right, of gratitude is is what we focus on grows, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there's this guy, Chip Connolly, who I've yet to meet. I always thought he was going to be my future ex-husband. There's still time. <laughs> Um, but he is incredible. I think he went to Stanford. He was on the board of Esalen. And um, mm. he most recently was at Airbnb. He's Brian Chesney's um, oh. mentor, yeah. mentee. He's r- written a zillion books, which I've read the majority of them. He's created this thing called the Modern Elder Academy in Baja. And um, he, in one of his books, he talks about, I think it's emotional equations, that book, where it's like X plus Y equals expectation, you know, expectations over that. And then it gives you some crazy emotion, right? And so he basically breaks down all emotions that humans have mm-hmm. into what's really happening, right? Yeah. I don't know any of them at the top of my head, but he talks about, um, you know, we're so focused on is the glass full, half full or half empty? He's like, be grateful you have a glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so, you know, I do a gratitude list every day. And I think the, the most helpful thing that I've been practicing is because the brain is binary. Mm. I'm always judging good, bad, good, bad, good, mm-hmm. bad, pleasant, not pleasant, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I think uh, for me, my practice has been about identifying things that I would file under bad mm-hmm. or I'd rather not have today <laughs> and, and put them in the, the, I'm grateful for this. Right. So the other day I was really grateful to feel the intensity of a frustration about a coworker or about something that was said, you know, um, and just putting those things um, and being grateful for all of it and being really able to show up for all of it mm-hmm. instead of pushing away or, you know, pretending it's not there or focusing on something else. You know, I think that there's a certain Pollyanna kind of thing that happens in the spiritual world where just be grateful. And it's like, yeah, but there's also feelings underneath mm, right. that gratitude. And it's like to not cover it up, but mm. to have the balance between the two of actually yeah. experiencing the feeling. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then it still allows for action too. There needs yeah. to be action yeah. with that emotion. Yeah. yeah. I also feel too, like talking about like not so great situations or yeah. like things that are not so great. I feel like for myself and my you know, my practice that I do, I feel like when I identify those things in my practice in the, I, you know, do my meditation in the morning. And then when I identify those, I realize throughout the day, they become less severe because mm. I've already given them acknowledgement. Mm. I've asked for help to work through them. And then when they present themselves, they're not as bad. So I feel like just not sweeping things under, I mean, sweeping things under the rug never works, right? Yeah. The dirt's always going to be there. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like taking it head on and like identifying it, knowing what it is and, you know, being able to approach it, I guess, in a different way. Mm. I want to share with you guys something. Mm. So there's this thing called a clearing exercise. Are you guys up for it? Please, please. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to do it and you're just going to be in the moment sharing. And then um, I'll tell you what specifically happened. And this is actually a tool that people listening can do with anybody really. Um, Okay. So, uh, what story of something's wrong or something's missing are you listening to? 
well, <laughs> um, something that's wrong. So I, it's always for me, mm. uh, it always comes back as I'm, um, not working hard enough. I'm not working enough. I'm not doing enough. Got it. That's so what I heard you say is I'm not working enough. I'm not working hard enough. I'm not enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Your turn, Jeff. Interesting. Uh, so me, what is the... I feel, something's wrong, something's... Yeah. Uh, so, so Something's wrong. It's kind of a combination of both is uh, time. Time. Yeah. Not enough. Not enough. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Not enough time. Okay. So back to you. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be quick. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So um, when you're focused on the not enough, uh-huh. uh, what is your emotional experience? Uh, it's a negative uh, it's that it's a almost like um, like that pit in your stomach. Mm. Like I like get that like feeling like, oh man, maybe I should have done more. I should have presented, I should have done this or X, Y, or Z, you know, whatever it is. But it's sort of that like, I guess it's more of a, um, I don't know if it's an emotion, but it's that like that feeling in my stomach that I didn't do enough. Right. Yeah. If you were to label it mad, sad, glad, or scared, which one would that fall under? Uh, probably scared. Scared. And mad. Scared you know? and mad. But maybe more scared. Okay, got yeah. it. When you're focused on not enough time, what is the emotional experience? Um, that I am... Was that mad, happy, or sorry, is that... Is that or um, Mad, sad, glad, or scared, or whatever comes up, whatever else So the word, the word where I would be like is uh, the... I want the job to be, I want it, whether it's, I guess the two words would be perfect or prepared. Perfect mm -hmm. and prepared. Yeah. And then is there, what is the um, sense that you're, you're feeling in your body? Is it, is there like, um, oh, there's a sense of like, I'm rushed in the rush. Yeah. Rushed. Rushed. Yeah. Okay, great. So I invite both of you to close your eyes. I'm not going to do anything to you or I'm going to stay on the side of the table. <laughs> so you're just going to close your eyes and I just want you, um, Jeff, to feel the rushed. Right, and I want you to identify where in your body you feel the rushed. My hips. Okay. And my like hips to hips to below like chest cavity. Fantastic. So I want you to just breathe into your hips and below your chest cavity into that area, and just notice your breath, just washing away and and taking space in the in that area. Mm -hmm. Anthony, back to you. We're keeping our eyes closed. Mm -hmm. I'm still on my side of the table. <laughs> They're so closed. When your attention is scared and mad, right, with the not enough. Yeah. Where is you had mentioned the pit? Is uh -huh. there is there any place you feel out yeah, in it, your body? It's from like the the center of my stomach up to my chest cavity into almost where my heart is. That's so awesome. Yeah. Well, not really, but it is. <laughs> so I invite you to just experience that feeling, right? Of the pit and the, you know, the the yeah. fear at, um and the sadness and the mad, right? And yeah. just breathe into it and just feel the air in there expand and whatnot. And just be with it literally for three more seconds. Take your time with it, own it, feel it, love it, appreciate it. And then whenever you guys are ready, just open your eyes. Now there's one more question. <laughs> <laughs> when do you guys feel most free? You first. When do I feel the most free? Yeah. 
um, enjoy is. After doing stuff like we just did now. Mm. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You? Um, uh, laying by a body of water, mm. ocean or pool on a vacation in the sun. Awesome. Not a care in the world. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I want to thank you guys for playing. Yeah. I mean, this is the last <laughs> thing I thought I'd be doing with you guys. <laughs> but we brought up we brought up Cafe Gratitude and Gratitude and this is actually an exercise that they do um, with um, the advocates, with the, with the with the workers there before they start their shift. Oh, really? Um, and what it is is they call it a clearing exercise, and it, mm. it, what it does is, is it focuses me on the story that I'm telling myself that's keeping me from being present, mm. right? Wow. And so what that looks like is, you know, just to like break it down is. I asked you what's wrong, what's missing, or what story of something, yeah. right? And so you identified what that story is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you've identified the feeling. And what normally happens when I identify the feeling is someone will say, oh, do this, or you do that, and fix me, and fix the feeling. But what I did was I invited you into your body to experience the feeling and identify it even further and actually just be with the feeling. Right. Wow. Right. That's, so you were in your hips, yep. you were in your, right. you know, specific, you guys knew exactly what was going yeah. on where, yeah, which is amazing. It. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, it's interesting. So just with sitting with it yeah. and just breathing, yeah. it went away. Yeah. yeah. It was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This yeah. isn't really that you bad. A clearing yeah. Like I would feel like almost like when you take a paper, you crumble it up. Yeah. yeah. You know, like scrunch it. That's the way I felt in my hips. And I just feel like that that was just flattened out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. That's and awesome. then the that's second wonderful. question. So the first question is the shadow. And the second one is more about the presencing and the like, let's like the feel good vibes. And so mm. it's like, when do you feel most free? What do you love about your life? Mm-hmm. You know, all of those things. And, yeah. you know. And yeah. I would say for, for anyone who's listening that what I've learned when I first started doing, like just being open to exercise is not to judge, yeah. to right. relate and not compare. Yep. And that's really allows me to experience, to be able to be present for this experience. Yeah. So um, as a side note, so yeah, Sam, thank you. Thank you. That was a, that was not expected, was but thank you. Yeah. yeah. And then what I did was I didn't, add, I tried not to add on or make it about me. Right. And I just mirrored exact, tried to mirror exactly what you shared mm-hmm. so that you can actually hear what you're sharing as well. Which goes against a lot of everything, everything. that we hear. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, very cool. Just hearing you say that too, it makes me think the way that we approach people, the way that we handle situations, the way we talk to our friends, our family, the people that we love, take that moment and just maybe not put your thoughts or opinions onto someone and and let people really just Mm -hmm. feel and be and really examine themselves. Man. (laughs) It's so powerful. That's part of the practice of acceptance, right? So for me to be here and fully just be with you and what you're sharing with me instead of adding my stuff, Mm -hmm. right? When I was in couples therapy with Jason, it took me three months before I would say, Dr. Wild, but like, why is Jason doing that? Because, you know, that's not how I would. And he, he would say over and over, Sam, because Jason is Jason. He's not Sam. Right. And I'd be like, but that's not how I would do it until three months later. And I was like, but then, and I was like, oh, it's because he's Jason. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what you're telling me. Yeah, you know, yeah, it yeah. took me what it took me when I was like, oh, that's what Jason does. Like yeah, Jason yeah. will just do that. That's not how I would handle it, yeah. you know? And thank goodness that's not how I would handle it. But yeah. 
that act of love of being able to just to listen to someone. Mm. Um, that's also what's the act of love. I feel like it's taking place. Um, it just goes back though to what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, when if you're not able to do that, it's almost like you know, like you were saying that your your armor, these things yeah. you were using as your armor. You know, I sometimes feel like people use these like the one ups, right? Yeah. Where you're in a conversation and dialogue with someone, people are. There's always the one-upping. You're yeah. saying, "Well, I went on this vacation. I went this place you can on feel vacation." The snowball in the room sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right? and, and I totally. can feel like sometimes I'm like, "I'm all right. I'm going to jump on the snowball. Let's go." Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's the keeping score. I call uh-huh. it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's like where's totally. the scoreboard? Yeah. Well, this has been such a like great afternoon time with you. Was there anything that um, that we haven't covered that you'd like to leave with, with anyone that we haven't touched on? You've given up so much, oh so, God, much pressure. so much pressure. <laughs> it's like so much. Wait, this is like the parting words, it right? Is, like, it how is. good is? And then I'm going to just, I'll send you like a voice memo from my car. <laughs> no, I just think the thing, the thing that, that for me with this whole journey is about being kinder and more loving, right? Oh, when I talk to yeah. anyone, that soundtrack or that consistent mantra that is co- unconsciously happening is highly negative, not really um, useful. And um, the practice that I've been sharing with a lot of people is like, I, would, I wouldn't even talk to, I wouldn't talk to anybody mm-hmm. like I talk to myself, right? Mm-hmm. I'm oh, like, it could be right. my worst, at my own most worst enemy, right? And right. so it's, it's surrounding, being surrounded with people that not only love me, but also challenge me, mm. right? Um, and that can look in many different ways, right? And so... Yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful that you guys are doing this. Hello. Oh, thank you, COVID. So you could focus on this. Uh, What an amazing project. Sam, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, we can't wait to share all these beautiful lessons with the world. Thanks for having me, you guys. Yeah, thanks, Sam. This conversation with Sam was really special for both Jeff and I, and we hope that you enjoyed learning about Sam's spiritual journey as well. To connect with some of the resources that Sam mentioned in today's episode, visit our website and click Sam's interview profile. All of the sources are in the quick links section of his interview. If you want to keep in touch with Sam, make sure you follow him on Instagram at hellosamo. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk Out Loud. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe, rate us, and share with a friend. You can also follow us on social media at Talk Out Loud Live. If you or someone you know has an inspirational story and a member of the LGBTQIA community, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on our website at www.talkoutloudlive.com. You can also get your official Talk Out Loud gear in our online store. Thanks again for listening, and remember to be true, be you and to talk out loud.